Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are once again with the Silver Quest. And now it is time. Time to do the next, see what the next job is. And this one is called Marked. The barely legible note tacked to the inside of the door makes mention of a task of no small urgency to be undertaken at a nearby farm. Yet another job your fellow quest members have apparently seen fit to cast your way. Well, let us begin. This could be normal or scaled. Mm -hmm. Eh, scaled. I'll get slightly more XP. So it begins. The barely legible note tacked to the inside of the door of the Silver Quest headquarters makes mention of a task of no small urgency to be undertaken at a nearby farm. Yet another job your fellow Silver Quest members have apparently seen fit to cast your way. A polite nine inked upon the inked upon the tattered paper scrap includes both a polite thank you from Prithlin and the admission that he and the West of the Quest have gone off to Migsport to deal with what he refers to simply as important business. Somewhat miffed by the inconsiderate manner of your comrades, you tear the note from the door and carefully reread it. Your eyes scour the sloppy score that covers most of the scrap of paper. Sir Croquiton, at the very earliest convenience, would you please play a visit to our old and dear friend, Moulin Edgeward. He seems to be having just a bit of trouble with the troll. I believe you know the Edgewood farm. It's just outside the city, north a bit along the road that leads past High Mantle Wood. Would have taken on the job myself, but Teak, Iskridar and I have been called away to Migsville to attend to some very important business. And be warned, Mulum loathes parting with his gold. Accept no less for our services than you feel is warranted. Luck and prayers, Prithen. Still dismayed by the lack of attention shown by your fellow Silver Quest members to the matter described in the note, you crumple up the piece of paper and flick it into the smouldering fire. Then, without giving things a second thought, you begin to prepare for the relatively short trek to Mulluin Edgeward's farm. Nearly an hour after setting out from the, from the quest headquarters, you arrive at your destination. Set back against the sweeping arm of the vast, wild tangle known as High Mantle Wood, the Edge, Edgeward farm seems to be a lonely speck in danger of being swallowed up by the encroaching forest. You've only just started along the tree-lined path leading up to the small, somewhat ramshackle abode, when you're met by a tall, thin, elderly man, leaving heavily on a sturdy oaken cane. The old man, his head covered by a shock of stark white hair, glowers as you approach and mutters something to himself. 
You here to chase out the troll? he asks, halting when he's within a few feet of you. I'd expected Pritham to come out, but I'll not fuss over it. I don't don't think you're gonna take my last bit of coin for such a simple job. If I was younger of I or with my hard help wasn't scared half to death. But what do you want off that beast? My name's Edward, if you haven't already guessed as much. Milline Edward Edward. When you per- Introduce yourself by name, and state you also the leader of the Silver Quest. His eyes widen. Pre- briefly widen, though he ultimately sneers. Standards are slipping these days, he says. Seems as if no outfit is immune to it. Come on, then. Have a good old day to bandy about with you. Leader of the Silver Quest or not. This way. Moonen brings you to one of, one of his more remote pastures there. Near the centre of the field, he directs your attention to a patch of bloodied ground several feet in diameter. A quick examination of the nearby terrain reveals a faint, bloody trail leading out of the grassy expanse and running up to the looming edge of the forest. Troll, he says resolutely, wrapping wrapping the end of his cane on a rock. Nothing else around these parts that could have made off with one of my hyphers like this. Had trolls were trolls some few years back now. Had the good fortune of attaining the services of the troll hunter. He ran them down right quick. Even let me keep the heads. The mountain in my barn. It's over there. The old farmer waves his cane in the direction of a leaning, dilapidated structure on the far side of the adjoining pasture. After glancing at the remarkable building for as long as it takes you to draw a single breath, you tell Marlene that you'll have to look around to see what you can find. Look all you like, he says frowning, but find but you've, but find something you best. I'm a very busy man. I'll not have my have my time squandered by feckless adventurers. Bring me the head of the troll and you'll be paid for it. Okay, I don't... There's two questions to ask. Ask Morlin how he knows the troll is responsible or to trust the terms of service, or I could just begin straight away with the investigation. No, uh, well, I, I'm going to ask them, not because I think they'll actually lead anywhere, but just to see what, what turns up. Of course it's a troll. Troll wages Marlin. Million. Angrily wrapping the end of his cane against the wooden fence that skirts through the field. I don't know what kind of troll it is, but that's your spot, isn't it? It's a troll. It's always trolls up this way. They're ever so happy for to take care of this one. So it could bring you no further bother. Million sighs. Now then. He says slightly more compromised. I'll leave you to it. What's the terms of your service? The merest mention of the terms of your service on behalf of the Silver Quest causes Melaine face to rapidly adopt a deep crimson hue. The old man shakes his head and frowns, telling you the accused refuses to discuss anything of the sort until the problem has been resolved to his satisfaction. You bring me that beast's head and we'll settle up, he says, folding his arms tightly across his crest. I don't part with my hard-earned coin for a song. And I promise that, no, let's settle it now. Your, your insistence leaves Millen visibly taken aback. He fixes you with a quizzical look and sneers, sneers while slowly shaking his head. All right then, if that then, if that's how it's going to be, 
What's all this to com- cost me, he says, wrapping the ground his claim. Come on, let's have at it. You quickly consider the cost for the job, anticipating that you will require me to pay half up front. Uh, 250 gold? You matter-of-factly tell her, Elliot Edward, that the job, the role for the job at, job at hand, it will cost him 250 gold to hire the services of Silver Crest, with half that amount due immediately. The white-haired farmer grumbles and strokes his chin as he appears to carefully consider the proposition. I've just checked something, and if you pick, if you pick 50 gold, there's no check. If you pick... 100 gold, there's an easier check. And you pick 250 gold, it's the hardest check, which of course makes sense. Alright, the check again is 40 bonus, 20 from diplomacy, 10 from mine, 10 from aura. Gonna get 100 or more, or pick now. Success. 16 XP to diplomacy. Having agreed upon the price for the job, Merlin promptly pays you half the gold, telling you you'll receive the rest when you return with the troll's head. You'll not see another bit of gold out of me unless you come back with that beast's head, he says. Mind that. As Marlin departs, he turns and calls back to you, mindingly, needlessly, that he wants the head of the troll as proof of a completed job. It's only right, he says. Yes, it's only right. With Marlene now out of the way, you set about making a thorough examination of the pasture, starting with the spot where the attack on the cow took place. After finding nothing of any real significance, you turn your gaze to the looming tangle of trees to the north. High mantle wood. Moving slowly from the edge of the pasture to the border of the forest, you discover a faint trail marked by blood. The trail ends at the tree line, leading you with little indication as to the direction of the troll, or whatever it was that took the, tro- the cow went upon reaching the trees, realising you may be in for a long and difficult search. You take one last look around at at the sprawling, fence-lined pastures before plunging into the thick of the wood. It doesn't take you very long to find what what it is you believe you're looking for. Less than an hour after stepping into high mantle wood, you discover a a cave at the base of the fawn-strandled Fawn strangled pit hillock, not far inside the southern border of the forest. After absorbing the broad, dark opening from a safe distance for several minutes, you cautiously move in for a closer look. Near the mouth of the cave, you discover the fleshless, the bloody, fleshless bones of a large cow. The meat appears to have been recently torn from the bones. It leads you to believe that you had indeed discovered the remains of Merlin Edgeward's missing Ifa. After concluding your examination of the bones, you turn your attention to what is, presumably, the entrance to the lair of the creature you've come here seeking. You're standing just outside the broad mouth of a cave, less than a quarter of a mile inside the southern edge of High Mantle Wood. The grisly, fest-stripped remains of a cow, presumably the missing hypha, are strewn about on the, about the ground nearby. Let's just enter the cave. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave. To the east, a broad, uneven passage plunges out of sight into the gloom. The faint scent of rotting flesh floats, floats on the air here. 
Alright, I go east once. The faint odour of washing flesh wafts through the dark passages of this forest cave. Alright, I started in the northwestern corner of the cave. Alright, making my way south. There's a little loopy rectangle in the southwest corner. You discover a pile of debris in this section of the cave. The substantial pile of pile is filled with all manner of objects, including the remains of several humans and the rotting carcasses of several forest creatures. The sense of decay is quite strong. You search through the gruesome pile. You search through the through the bone-filled debris turns up the following. It's some loot, which I will loot, because that's what you do with loot, you loot it. Which will, of course, like all these random loot piles, disappear the moment you're gone. Because who wants to remember all of that stuff? Satisfied you haven't overlooked anything, you take a few. You take a moment to check over your belongings before once again setting off through the gloom. Alright, just exploring the west of this little circle. Okay, and just... Alright, and there's a passage going north of the circle, and then it goes off to the east. And then it's going south. You discover a part a heap of debris in this section of the cave. The substantial pile is filled with all manner of objects, including the skeletal remains of several humans and the rotting carcasses of several forest creatures. Century decay is quite it's quite storious. Search through the pile, get some more loot. And I'll loot the good stuff. Oh no, my load is too heavy now. Alright, what can I... Is there anything I can get rid of that's super heavy? Hmm, not really. Oh well. Probably should have sold my stuff first. Oh well. Oh well indeed. Well, I guess these piles... Uh, I'll, set, I'll drop this broadsword. And... This... This a common spiked club, that's no good for me. Yeah, okay. Alright, I've took as much as I can. Satisfied you haven't overlooked anything, you take a few moments to check over your lungs before once again setting off through the gloom. Alright. Alright, what? Okay, can't mean. I've explored most of this dungeon now. There's just a little passage to the southeast to go. There's another heap of debris. The sense of decay is quite strong. It's searched through the gruesome pile. Ah, can't really pick up anything from there, but most of it isn't worth picking up, but still. Some well-crafted paint boots. I drop this flail. Drop two sturdy spears. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Satisfied you haven't overlooked anything, you take a few moments to check over your belongings for once again setting off through the gloom. Okay. Okay, I'm nearly at the end of the southeast passage. There's an alcove to the north. Suddenly, 
picking a random number. Bonus of 38. 20 from agility, 9 from luck, and 19 from woodmanship. Got to get 75 or more. Pick now. 51. Failure. A massive clawed hand slams into your back. So do you sprawling onto the floor of the cave. 36 damage with your skull aching. And, well, and the rest of me too. The blood running down the left side of your face. You swiftly regain your feet and turn to find a hulking forest troll standing only a few feet away. The frightening beast. Its angular head adorned with a strange white marking in the shape of a diamond. Snarls viciously before bounding towards you. With your every nerve on edge, you hurriedly determine a course of action. There's quite a few options here. Archery, telekinesis, shadow magic, fortification. Just fight the thing or run away. As usual, when I have options, I shall turn to random.org. You know, so... You know, to make sure I don't just do the same thing every time. Just, just mix it up a bit. Number one. Apparently, we're gonna, just going to shoot it with a bow. Succeeded. 16 XP to archery. You swiftly draw your bow and notch an arrow. Taking aim at the bounding troll. Without a second hesitation, you release your shot and watch as the feathered shaft sinks deep into the creature's chest. Just below its white shoulder. The troll bellows in agony and clutches at the wound, wounded but very much alive. The hulking troll again charges forward and attacks, swiping out at you with its deadly stone-hard claws. It's a smart forest troll. You know what? Since we're fighting a troll, that means we have an opportunity to do a bonting! Bonting, bonting time. It's time to bont. Bont. The troll on the head. Bont the troll. Bont the troll. Bont the troll and make it dead. It's gonna go bonting time. Bonting time. Bonting time. And the troll bond also has a plus damage. Extra damage against... Troll, so that will lower the difficulty of this scaled fight. Begin combat. The engraved troll bond has hoped to lower the difficulty of this enemy as I bond away. Your troll bellows with wages and attacks. Come on, let's see a bonting. I want a bont. Show me a bont. Show me a bont. Ah, finally, yeah. Bont! You execute a masterful downstroke with the troll bont for 48 damage. And that finishes it off with a bont. You've slain your foe. 24 damage. You step back from the bloodied remains of the troll and struggle to catch your breath. As you wipe away the sweat streaming down your brow, your heart suddenly skips a beat. The lifeless carcass at your feet is moving! With a savage snarl, the troll swiftly regains its feet and lunges at you, its claws slicing through the air within inches of your face. It's a marked forest troll. You're just going to get yourself bonded again. Fellows with raises attacks and bonked! 
Another masterful downstroke with the Trollbot for 42 damage, and that's nearly finished it off. Oh, I finished it off, but not with a bond. Not, not as nice. But it, maybe it'll come back again. 40, 42 XP. Shock turns his dismay as the troll's carcass once again begins to move. As before, the fearsome creature, bellowing savagely, swiftly regains its feet and renews its deadly attack. It's a marked forest troll beginning combat. Bellows with rage as it attacks. Keep going. Oh, didn't, get, didn't even get bonded one time. I'm very, very disappointed. Because I love the bond. Bonding his life! Or something like that. Anyway, it is slain. Will it stay slain? We'll see. 48 XP. For several tense moments, you stand over the twitching, bloodied body of the troll. At last, the beast's torso shudders violently, and the creature expires in its final ragged breath. The last sound it will ever make in this world. Recalling... Mullins demand to see the troll's desk. Troll's head. You set about the grim task of removing it. After a few minutes of gruesome labour, you take possession of the massive severed head and prepare to make your way out of the cave. Alright. Now, I think there was a law book entry for those, but I... I I was too busy bonting to pay attention. Yes, Mark's Troll. Here, here it is. I probably should have read it before I fought it, but oh well. Mark Troll is a name given to a troll, usually a forest troll, that bears a white, diamond-shaped marking on e an either its scalp or forehead. The origin of these strange and distinct markings is not known, though many have speculated they are rooted in dark sorcery. It is commonly believed the marking grants a troll exceptional strength, speed, and longevity. Trolls marked in this manner were reported to have risen more than once after being slain, much to the profound dismay of those who find themselves engaged in battle with them. Thankfully, marked trolls seem to be quite rare. And now they're even more rare, which is probably a good thing for most people. Alright, that, that was the law book entry about those. With the troll slain, you're eager to leave the cave and return to Edgewood Farm. Alright, now I've explored every, every square of this cave. And yeah, the essential decay is quite strong here, but that was just where the loot piles were. Alright, leave the cave. You're standing just outside the broad mouth of a cave, less than a quarter of a mile inside the southern edge of high mantle wood. The grisly, flesh-stripped remains of a cow, presumably the missing hypha, are strewn about the ground nearby, with the troll now strained. You have lit... Little doubt that Merlin Edgewood's most immediate problems are over. Alright, let's go back to the farm then. With 
You return to the farm and find Marlin Ed Edgewood mending one of the many fences that segregate the various sprawling plots he dutifully tends. He listens intently as you describe to him your encounter with the troll and the beast's brutal demise. Before you can say a word, you produce the troll's head and lay the gruesome trophy at his feet. He stares down, wide-eyed at the head, and slowly begins to nod. Look at the marking it has, he says, touching the white, diamond-shaped mar mark on the troll's forehead with the troll... On the troll's... On the troll's forehead with the troll's boot. Never seen anything quite like that before. What sort of troll is it? Very odd. I don't suppose you'll like to keep it. It's yours if you like. You know what, I'll keep it. Agreed to keep the troll's head. He accept Merlin's offer and decide to keep the head. I've got quite the collection of heads and skulls in my barn, it says. The heads and skulls are beast mind. I'm not that sort. When you begin to discuss the matter matter of payment with him, Merlin shout, frowns, shakes his head. Couldn't wait to get to that bit, could you? You'd amazed to discover Marlin. Despite your previous agreement, he decided he does not wish to part with any more gold. Honestly, since I had to kill that troll three times, I should be paid three times as much. I mean, it's, it's only fair. Well, I don't know. You can take what you've already been given and let that be that, he said, sneering. I'm not made of gold. For you monster hunters, it might flow quite freely, but not out, but not out here, where I leak out a living. So I can accept what he's already paid you, or demand the rest of the gold. The thing is, I don't know if this is an excessive amount, because I don't know how much. I don't know how much more people get in Swift. I don't know what is the daily wage for say. I don't know what, what sort of income that that Ma Marlin Edgeward is likely to have. I mean, if it was a month or two's income, maybe. But we're talking years. No, that's, that's probably too much. No, but anyway, I can't really look into it, so I'll demand the rest of the gold. I mean, presumably Sir Croakington knows what regular... Regular smallholder farmers can afford, and that's why the highest option you could pick was 250 gold. Because that's the highest option that that farmer is realistically being able to scrounge up on the short notice. But, no, alright, so, assuming that, assuming Sir Crokington chose a price that was within the means of, of this, of of someone on of his on the sort of estate that which I've already seen well he's seen or I haven't seen because the narrative skipped past that because it's not really important how big the farm is. So I'm assume he, he he wouldn't ask for an unreasonable price, so I'm gonna demand the rest of the gold. And willing to allow Morland to dictate the terms of the settlement, you probably demand he pay you the remainder of the gold. So picking a number Bonus of 40. 20 from Diplomacy, 10 from Mine, 10 from Aura. Got to get 75 or more, or I 
guess he'll just get furious with me and I won't get any more money. Pick now. 121 success. Your bold but diplomatic stance wins over the wooed, miserly farmer. Merlin sighs and relents, handing over the remainder of the gold. Another 125 gold tokens. Now we can consider the matter quite settled. There, he says frowning. There, let this be the end of it. After, after bidding Marlin a hasty farewell, you set off on your way, eager eager to leave his farm and return to the relatively pleasant surroundings of the Adderstone, as you stroll along the woes that lead back to the gates of Trithic. You find yourself excessively glad to be done with the task and to have, have seen the last of Marley and Edgewood for hopefully quite some time. Perhaps forever. <laughs> Nearly two weeks after you return to Edgewood Farm, the troll's head is affixed to a, mo- a wo- ornate wooden plaque and hung on the wall just above the mantel teak. Quite proud of his expert handiwork, tells you he's never before seen a marked troll and is forever grateful you provided him with the opportunity. Yeah, I, th- I thought you'd like that. Well, this place is certainly beginning to take shape, says Pritham, smiling as he casts his gaze around the cluttered womb. It's odd to think that the severed head of such a gruesome beast stuck on the wall could add so much to a place. But it does! <laughs> Iskadar seems somewhat pensive as he stands staring up at the mounted head. He finally admits that just the knowledge that these creatures yet roam the wilds disturbs him greatly. Well, with one less of them roaming the wilds now. Unless, who's, unless whoever is marking these trolls is still active, in which case there's probably more than was than there was when I started. I'll have to agree, says Prithen, closing one, one eye and tilting his head as he studies the troll's head. It's strange and upset, upsetting to know that yet another creature, which by all accounts, should no longer exist, is still prowling about. I mean, could be the, the demon, probably not directly, but probably a few steps were moved. So, run some, something that's linked to this, the general just miasma of evilness that 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 Ichthion is just leaking into the world. The head of the Mark Troll continues to draw both praise, both comments and praise from your fellows, quest members for quite some time following his mounting. Prithen continues to suggest that a hunt for any more of the foul creatures be taken in High Mantle Wood. Through both Teak and Iskridar seem. Somewhat disinterested, if not a little weary of the prospect. Still, the mounted head serves as a constant reminder of your perilous excursion to a cave near Morlun Edgewood Farm and the savage encounter with the strange and deadly denizen of the wild. And that is the end of that adventure. Wait, wait a minute, there wasn't any XP at the end. It's not supposed to happen. Hmm. Oh well. I'll just just check. Did something go wrong or? 
Hmm. Curious. Curious indeed. Hmm. Well, I can't. I can't guess. I guess it was a very short adventure, but still odd. Me usually. You, you usually get some exp general XP at the end of a quest, uh, but it's not, not it's not enough to complain about. Just curious, curious. Oh well. Yet more adventures have been unlocked. This one is called Mudwin, the towering creature of living rock. Stretches wide its gaping jaws and bellows with rage as its weighty fist slams into the earth, leaving behind a shallow crater on the spot of ground you occupied only a split second ago. But I happen to know that's a pretty chunky adventure. So I'm not, I don't, I want to save that for its own episode. Now, is there anything I could do to just... Fill up the hour. Hmm. Something twithic. Leave. Move to the city gates. Explore the city. Blade Square. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Th uh, this this one's small. A midday encounter. I'll just save first before I do it. All right. And there we are. Explore the city. Blade Square. No one's talking about Idrija the Dragon, who I'll have to get round to slaying pretty shortly. But of course, you can't really slay her because she's a multiplayer boss and they always come back. A midday encounter. An urban garbled in filthy rags. Once in choose, you move through the square. Start the adventure. And so begins a midday encounter. As you push your way through the midday crowd in Blade Square, a grimy street urchin dressed in filthy rags runs out from behind a merchant's wagon and collides with you. The boy exhales sharply as he collapses into, into the ground in a heap. Before you can offer his hand, the young boy staggers to his feet and curses at you. A long string of biting insults draw a chorus of laughter from a couple of nearby tradesmen. The boy quickly dusts off his hopelessly unclean attire and darts off into the crowd. You're horrified to discover you had your pocket quit picked. 14 gold loss now. Now if I remember if I, if I remember when this venture was a lot earlier, this was all of your gold. And that could be quite annoying. Because you could have because you could end up stealing tens of thousands of gold. You curse out loud as you spin around and catch sight of the boy, still dodging and weaving through the crowd. Wasting no time, you set off in pursuit of the young thief. You dash across the crowded square, managing managing to, to keep the swift-footed urchin in sight. It appears that he is not aware of the fact he is being followed. However, as the boy leads the square arch, you're surprised to see him hand off a large cloth bag to the boy who's lurked into the shadows nearby. New lad grins broadly and runs off beneath, beneath the arch. Exiting Blade Square to the west, the boy you were chasing lingers about, 
beneath the towering archway for several seconds before running back into the crowded square. So, do I want my money or is this more about getting the person who robbed me? Uh, I think it's more about the, the latter. Continue to pursue your original target. You slip rapidly through the cloud and take you unsuspecting Take the, uh, take the unsuspecting urchin completely by surprise. Before you can grab him by the shoulders and spin him around to face you, he stares up at you with wide, fearful eyes. When you demand he return the gold, his eyes begin to tear up and his lower jaw starts to tremble. Despite his apparent emotional state, he emphatically denies any knowledge of your stolen growl. Stolen gold. You angry demand that he produce the missing gold but he bursts into tears and starts to sob uncontrollably. His pathetic sobs cat catch the attention of the pair of city guards patrolling the square. They turn and stride purposely towards you. Okay, okay, I, so I can explain the situation to the guardsmen, or just release the boy and leave immediately. I'll try to explain the situation. The young lad begins to squirr furiously at the guards' approach, but you manage to retain your foothold on him. You explain his actions to the guardsmen, and they seem to accept your version of events. Although they offer little in terms form of assistance, the guards take hold of the young boy and tell him to leave this part of the city and not return. The boy scampers off through the crowd. Through the crowd. Through the crowd. One of the guardsmen shakes his head. That wabble from the north end needs to be taught a hard lesson one of these days, he grumbles. The guardsman bids you farewell, and you move off through the square. With no other recourse at hand, and little hope of ever seeing your stolen gold again, you continue on your way. Okay, that was one way of finishing it. But there are others. In fact, there were several others. Oh, I'm just going to... I think, unlike the first time I did this, I'm just going to explore all the options. Alright, adventures, midday encounter. Well, this is the same. The pokes, pokes been, pocket's been picked again. 16 gold this time. Bit slightly better pocket picker. Pursuit of the young thief. Continue after your original Parkis. Release the boy and leave immediately. Not wishing to run the risk of an unfavourable encounter with the city guardsman, you release your grip on the boy and move off into the crowd. The moment you let go, the urchin's tears dry up, and the braffy lad hurls a long list of expletives in your direction. Moments before the guards reach him, he slips into the crowd and disappears. Angry, but thankful to avoid it. A possible unpleasant encounter, you continue on your way through Blade Square. Alright, I'm going to quit again. Now, now let's, this time, we'll follow the guy who will actually have our gold. Blade Square, Ventures, Midday Encounter. Oh, oh, only 11 gold this time. What after the boy departed via the archway? You dash beneath the western arch and begin a lengthy and difficult pursuit of the boy you believe to be carrying your gold. At first it does not appear the boy has noticed he is being followed, but as you near the north end of the city, he begins glancing over his shoulder with increasing frequency. 
Just as you enter the city's northern end, the boy ducks down a narrow, rubbish-filled alley and breaks into a rapid trot. You pause at the mouth of the alley, momentarily wondering what the consequence of following him further might be. The alley he has just entered leads into the heart of Gradorung's End, a notoriously dangerous section of Trithic's North... Rath Northern Districts. I'll, I'll just... Uh, nah, nah, not worth get bothering with that. Abandon the pursuit and leave. With little desire to enter Gadorong's End in pursuit of the boy, you decide to stop following him. You watch as the boy reaches the end of the alley, alley and steps into what is possible what is perhaps the most dangerous section in all of Twithic. When it's disappeared from sight, you turn and leave the north end of the city and make your way back into Blade Square. Alright, quitting again. Let's see some other ways through this. Back to Blade Square. Start the adventure. I only stole two gold that time. Alright, follow the young thief into Gadawang's end. As you, as you move cautiously along the alley in pursuit of the young thief, you draw to within a few yards of the unsuspecting boy, and are meant to make a grab for him when he suddenly looks over his shoulder and spots you. He smirks and makes a mad dash out of the alley into a filthy, crumbling quadrangle filled with beggars, vermin and decay. He reaches the square only seconds later, but the boy has already disappeared from sight. Undaunted by this turn of events and intent on receiving your stolen gold, you scan the edge of the quadrangle for any place the lad might have gone. You spot two possibilities. There's a stable and a tavern called the Flying Crane. What does... And I can use divination to help out. Divination. Using your power of divination, you're able to determine the boy entered the dilapidated stable early moments ago. You quickly move off towards the stable. Oh. Oh, well. You enter Enter the dilapidated stable and move along its central aisle, your eyes scanning the empty stores for any sign of the boy. All appearances indicate that this structurally unsound building has not housed any horses for quite some time. You reach the far end of the stable and are about to abandon your search, but suddenly a noise from behind startles you. You spin around, surprised to see the lad you've been pursuing, standing less than a dozen yards away. His hands, his hands f- planted firmly on his hips, and his mouth drawn into an obnoxious grin. He is not alone. Flanking the boy are two lanky men, each wielding wooden cudgels. One of the men spits in your direction, anonymously taps the end of his club against the flat of his hand. Our lad here tells me he's been followed, wouldn't you know? He says, delicately pronouncing every symbol. You wouldn't happen to know anything about that, would you? Alright, I have a few options. Demand your gold be returned. Just attack the two men. Attempt to run away. Or say sorry and leave. Uh, Demand my gold be returned. The boy sniggers and steps behind the two men as you boldly request that your goal be returned. The two men take a step towards you, brandishing their wooden cudgels threateningly. I've only got to warn you once, says the man, his face streaked with grime and his mouth full of rotted teeth. You're not welcome in the end. Leave now and you can, and you can leave here alive. So, I can attack them. 
leave or I could use diplomacy. Use diplomacy. You successfully used your diplomacy skill. 32 experience diplomacy. Your bravado has paid off. The two men regard you with a new proud sense of caution as you demand with authority the return of your stolen gold. The two men hesitate for a moment, completely taken aback by your bold posturing. But you take a threatening step towards them and gruffly repeat your demand. To your surprise, one of the men slatches, snatches a large cloth bag from the boy standing behind him and tosses it at you. Then, both men grumble, quick apologies, and move quickly out of the stable, the young boy following closely behind. You're delighted to discover the cloth bag contains even more gold than was stolen from you. I guess that's probably... That's probably the boy's takings for the entire morning. I'm guessing. Or at least... Some time. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how quickly you can steal gold. Because <laughs> I've never tried to. When you finish collecting the gold, you exit the stables and leave Gadawang's end. Okay, I think there, there are other ways to do that, though. So let's continue to explore all the options of that adventure. Why? Well, because it's a nice, short, it's a short, very short adventure, so you might as well see all the options. Just one gold stolen that time. Chase after the young beef. One after the boy departed via the archway. Into Gladawang's end. What happens if I investigate a tavern called the Flying Crane? The Flying Crane is a one-down establishment. Populated by a motley and mostly unsavoury patronage. You quickly become aware of the fact that most eyes in the squalid tavern are focused on you. Got two options now. I could search the tavern for the young lad. Or question the tavern patrons about the lad you're looking for. Well, let's search the tavern. You search the tavern for several minutes, but find no sign of the boy. Your presence seems to have roused the unwanted interest of several of the crane's more unsavoury patrons. With no desire to provoke any unpleasant encounters, you take a last look around and hop out onto the street. Realising the lad is now likely long gone by now, you can see the futility of continuing your search and quickly make your way out of Gladwin's end. Alright, that's one of the many bad end, one of the many endings to that adventure. Alright, let's see. Let's do another route through. Here we go, starting again. 13 gold stolen this time. Chase after the young thief. By the archer. Into the wange. Into the flying crane. Question the tavern patrons about the lad you're looking for. You, you question... You question a few of the tavern's patrons. Asking if they've, they've seen a boy who you believe is in possession of your stolen gold. Most of those you talk to seem unwilling to even acknowledge the question. A particularly belligerent man with a thickly muscled torso and a broad head curses at you and stabs a stubby finger into your shoulder. Your questions aren't appreciated here, he grumbles. Go back to where you came from before you stir up more trouble than you can handle. Alright, so I can use diplomacy... 
Or I could just disregard the question and continue to ask about the latter. I'm going to do the latter. Paying no heed to the man, you suddenly you continue to ask around about the boy you're looking for. Suddenly, a pair of large hands clamp onto your shoulders from behind and spin you around. You find yourself face to face with a belligerent character from with the belligerent character for a few moments ago. He spits into your face, and before you can properly react, he draws a knife and takes a stab at you. You have no choice but to defend yourself. Please note, you'll be tempted to subdue, not not kill this man. Knife-wielding man, who's in way over his head. As I said before, it's in subdue mode. So you're going to be, you, you do a lot of less damage, but he does the same. He, he is subdued. One XP to troll bot. Because I was using the troll bot then. Which is just silly. <laughs> the band's knife flashes, flies from his hand and his battered body hits the tavern floor. A hush descends upon the tavern patrons and they regard you with a newfound mix of fear and respect. The man has been soundly beaten but will ultimately survive the punishment you've administered. You again ask about ask the patrons if they might know anything about the whereabouts of the boy you seek, and surprisingly, you offered several answers all at once. Each answer is the same, and the tavern patrons seem to think that you'll find the lad you seek in the abandoned stable across the way. You thank them and leave the tavern. Once outside, you proceed to the opposite outside of the square, towards the dilapidated stable, where I could have gone right away and would have gone if I'd actually listened to my divination so that, that entire de- that entire thing was completely unnecessary but I did get one XP you enter you enter the dilapidated stable and move along its central aisle your eyes scouring the empty store for any sign of the boy. Uh, uh, we've done this one before. Two lanky men. Demand my gold be returned. Attack the two men. Your quick attack catches the two men off guard. Two cudgel wielding hooligans. To subdue them. They're just petty criminals. Nothing sick. They strike at you with their wooden clubs. They are subdued. 9 XP and 32 experience to, to general. The two men crash senseless to the ground, victims of your admirable combat prowess. You quickly return to the lad you've been pursuing, and before the young thief can make good his escape, you grab him by the scruff of his neck and snatch a large cloth back from his rubbed attire. You release your grip on the boy and he curses at you before turning and running out of the stable. You are later to discover the cloth bag contains even more gold than was stolen from you. 63 gold, actually. When you finish collecting the gold, you quickly search the bodies of the two men. A quick search of the bodies of the two men reveals the following. Two wooden cudgels, which are common, thus not worth picking up. Wait a minute, are they? Oh, oh actually, they're rare items. So... Oh dear. Oh dear, I, I, I'm overloaded with stuff. 
All right, I've got to get rid of something so I can pick up. So I can pick up. Uh, I'll drop this padded cap. And let's see. Uh, this split belt. Okay, I've got the wooden cudgel now. And 17 gold tokens. I had another 17 gold tokens. In one corner of the stable, tucked behind the mound of a sword straw, you discover a small wooden goblin statuette. Believing the curious object may be of some value, you decide to take it with you. It's a goblin statuette. This, this crude wooden goblin statuette has been carved out of solid oak. The goblin depicted by this small statue has no arms. And this item has an encumbrance of six. Which is a lot for some misc item. When you're ready. Not wishing to linger about the abandoned stables any longer than necessary. You quickly exit and make your way out of Gladwong's End. And that is the end of that adventure. Now I just so happen to know... That there's something you can do with that goblin statue. Now there's there's a when you get a curious item where you don't know what it does. You, there's this guy in Pakura you can show it to. Explore the city, turn Tibikef. Turn some of your items, the goblin statuette. Tibikef's eyes widen slightly as you produce the wooden goblin statuette. He studies it carefully for a few moments and then smiles. He tells you he'll give you two adventure tokens for it. Which just means that any route where you end up with the Goblin Statuette is a bazillion times more profitable than any route where you don't end up with it. And let me just check. How many routes end up with it? Yep. O only when you beat up those men do you get the Statuette. Selling the statuette for two adventure tokens. Tibikif promptly hands you the two adventure tokens and takes possession of the wooden goblin statuettes. I wonder what became of the arms, he says, examining the statue closely. Thank you again. This is quite a remarkable find. Speak with Tibikif. And I can speak with him again. And he tells you about some of the items you gave you gave him. Bid him farewell and leave. Okay. Anyhow, I think that. All right, we've, we're near, we're nearly at an hour. I think this should be a good time to stop. Next time we'll be back with the silver quest and doing mud one. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.